RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. What's up? All right. All right. Is that loud? Okay. Loud and proud. What's going on? This is Tara Devlin, unapologetic liberal talk on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy, humanity. Where where have you been? I'm sorry. I have to apologize right off the bat. I haven't done a show this week. I, I've done birthday shows in the past. Maybe we'll do a belated birthday show. I've had a, I don't know, I've been a little... It's been hard to get my ass in gear. I've had some, I don't know, I'm in my head. Let's put it that way. Yes. <laughs> what do you want me to say about slavery? Jim on the chat says. Yes, that's what we're going to talk about. How, I mean, I was thinking about what to call the show tonight. And I think, I don't know, I was thinking about Republicans. I, I actually put that in there first. It's Republicans... They're all the worst, but that's not specific enough, I guess. Um, being more specific about Nikki Haley like that in general, but this is who they are. You see, it's such a disgrace for these uh, every every whatever every time there's an election cycle, an, a presidential election cycle, especially they trot out a an unfit candidate. Someone who is basically um, a a reality TV star, in uh, except that they work in the House of Representatives or the Congress. I mean, or the Senate. It's all it's all the show, like Lauren Boebert. We're going to talk about her moving, switching districts because she wants to keep her job in angertainment, her phony, baloney, cushy job. So. And and Nikki Haley ha has always gotten under my skin. I don't see the appeal in her. She is, uh, that statement, what do you want me to say about slavery? What do you want to hear about slavery? Which To the person who asked her the question, what is, what does she, what does she think the cause of the Civil War was? And, you know, the fact that, Americans are asking that question, and there's even a debate. There's even an alternative answer. is a is a disgrace in itself. And we can thank the we can thank Republicans for that. We can thank conservatives for that because the only thing they get to, well, what they do correctly, I suppose, is they rewrite history. It's not correct for us, but that's they're very good at it because what else do they have? They have to rewrite history. Like the minute, for example, the minute FDR was in the ground, even before, before he was even, uh, you know, off this mortal coil, Republicans were already looking for somebody to be their FDR, to counteract him. And it's not a matter of who should be president, who has the or or anything, or who should be in a leadership position, or who has the skills and the dedication, the drive, the uh, desire to help their, their country and their fellow Americans. It's not about that. It's about who is, who, who fits the suit? Who is their Johnny Bravo? Who can sell this 
this message, this kiss up, kick down, voodoo, fraud. I mean, the fraud is the the uh, um, assault on democracy. They they have they're selling this fraud of conservatism, and what it is, it's a it's it's an outright assault on democracy from the inside. And I wish I was wrong. I've been saying that for years, but they keep proving me right. So we'll talk about that. But before I keep going, I wanted to say thank you, everyone, for being here if you're in the if you're on other platforms this is unapologetic liberal talk we get together on friday nights to hang out um i don't know discuss discussing cussing and discussing and if you're if you want to hang out in the greatest chat room in american history come on over to youtube.com slash c for channel slash tarabuster and meet some of the greatest patriots in american history Normal people, humans, trying to make the world a better place. Because what else? What else are we charged with? Uh, I mean, isn't that the, our duty in general? And that what what else makes life worthwhile? I know Republicans think that. Yeah, well, they talk about Jesus a lot, but what they really mean is money. Right? Even when they're crying about Jesus, they're crying about money. They, they hate Jesus. If Jesus came back, they'd crucify him again. So they hate everything about Jesus. They just like to use Jesus to to grift. Everything is a grift. It's all a lie. Um, you know, funneling money into the pockets of the rich does not create prosperity for all. And that's never been the point of republicanism. It's always the, the point has always been to undermine a, an upwardly vibe, excuse me, an upwardly mobile, economically vibrant working class majority and keep the, the people in their place. Their desire to destroy the the wall of separation between church and state is part of that plan to drag us back to the system the founders fought a revolution to overthrow uh and uh create this democratic this constitutionally limited democratic republic created and entrust to us birthed and inspired by the liberal age of enlightenment all right uh, I don't know. Why am I going on about that? But I just want to say, we'll talk about everything. This is Tara Buster. Thank you. I see Jim. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. And as Jim says, as I said, he his super chat says, what do you want me to say about slavery? We'll get to that. And thank you, Haiku, for being a moderator like Jim. Thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> and thank you, Mark C. Mark C. has entered the list. Mark C., another OG Tarabuster. Thank you for your super chat. Mark C. says, if memory serves me, this is a special day for Tara. Now, it was on, it's it's a special week. But I have a birthday in the middle of the week. What's today? It's the 29th. Yes, my birthday was Wednesday. I was contemplating doing a show. I couldn't do a show that day. I was thinking about doing it yesterday. I have to talk to Mike Malloy. I don't know. I wanted. I thought earlier maybe I should call Mike and ask him to call in. We'll we'll get him to call him. Uh, and and Robin, I, I've just been in a mood. I have to. I have to be honest. I haven't. I've been a little down in the dumps. 
and I'm sure I know everybody can relate. Uh, the holidays are hard sometimes. I mean, especially well, it's my birthday, and then I start thinking about life and and saying, "Please become a patron." That that will be on my tombstone. And uh, yeah, what I've just just been down. I should have just done a show anyway because that always helps. But eh, live and learn, live and learn. So I, what have I been doing? I I went. Well, I think I told you I couldn't do the show on Wednesday. It was my birthday. I had tickets to go see a pianist at Carnegie Hall. That was lovely. It's always nice to hear live music. I live classical music, and I enjoy that. And um, yeah, yeah. Brought, Mike Malloy brought us into the light and to Tara. Yes, thank you, Kathy. I know Mike Malloy is one of my heroes. He's a mentor. He's a friend. He's an incredible person. He's the real deal. And uh, we spent a how I met Mike uh, was years ago through my old website Republican Dirty Tricks, which was basically killed by Facebook. And we he he started reading some of my stuff on his show, some of the things I would write on Republican Dirty Tricks. And then we started corresponding through email, and I would write him some things that he would read on the air. And we went to, coincidentally, we were going to, um, I asked him if he was going to a protest. This is how long ago. It was in Washington, D.C., we were protesting the Iraq war. Bush was still in the White House, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was. And I mean, it's so long ago that we were chanting "Free Bradley Manning." Okay, so it's before Bradley uh, Chelsea Manning uh, came out, and uh, Mike Malloy got arrested, and Robin Kincaid, who was before she came out of the of the closet. Too. That's what I met uh, Robin Kincaid that weekend. So we always say we spent a month in Washington, D.C. one weekend and became fast friends after that. Uh, yeah. So, so Mike had the plan. He was going to get arrested and I was I would film it. And I and that's what happened. So I filmed it. It's on YouTube. It's I should probably I wonder I must have it somewhere. I should re-upload it to this channel. All right, hold on. We'll be right back. All right, all right. Also, I wanted to say a special thank you to Charlie from APS Radio News for his generous donation to the show and birthday gift. I I received a card and an incredible poem, which I was so touched by and really it came uh, I have to say thank you Charlie sometimes it's good to see yourself through somebody else's eyes because my certainly my filter is broken he wrote a poem and I've kind of, I've debated whether I should read it because maybe I don't want to embarrass him but I don't want to embarrass myself let's see I'll read it because Charlie went to the trouble of writing it and sending it to me. So so <laughs> I and his card was so sweet too. It said happy you day. 
Uh, I, it just it came at the right time. I needed to. So I needed some love. Let's put it that way. A, a hug from uh, a virtual hug. So t- so he writes. Ode Tara. Ode December, twenty twenty three. Tara. Beauty within and without. Thank you so much. That's my commentary. I'm so it's I'm blushing really. I'm embarrassed. Insatiable passion for justice speaks vigorously for red for redress and change. She sees ahead to another time and a better future. Ying and Yang, Hegel and pushing forward despite the drag of medieval forces. Her vision is broad and expansive. History and lessons learned over the centuries for her are a north star saying, there is no turning back. They keep trying to drag us back. Our words of reflection and truth always are there and have been, have there been such people and always are there and have been such visionaries like Tara. Thank you. I I should probably read this with more, like, I don't know, in a more poetic way, but it's, I am a little embarrassed about it because it's, I'm blushing. So he continues, her love for animals and their welfare is also there and real to behold and admire. Her eyes and her expressive, her expression bespeak love and warmth. She has struggled to defend some of the most helpless, even as she has struggled against some of life's, life's greatest obstacles. Tara, beauty within and without. Isn't that nice? Thank you, Charlie. I don't even, I, I, this is something that I'm will, I will cherish forever. And who knows? I'll put it in my, in my final, I don't know. I won't say that. I was going to say, uh, when they open my, my, uh, tomb in a thousand years, they'll find this poem. Huh. Thank you. All right, let's get back to work. I I can't even see. I'm red. I'm blushing. But thank you, Charlie, for your words, your support, your support of the show, your your support of the community cats, the animals in need, and it really does mean a lot. It makes a difference, even if it's we feel you know we're not doing, we're not moving mountains, but we're. We're, we are making a difference. So I have to remind myself that too because it makes a difference to the ones that we can help and uh, whoever we can reach on this show also makes a difference. And it makes a difference to me and it makes it, I think it makes a difference to our community. We've, we've built a pretty tight community of awesome people and I, I don't know. I don't know how I could have gotten through the pandemic, if anything, without you guys. Just to, just for an example. So, all right. So let's let's get back to yes, that poem and page. Uh, wait, that poem and a page that says <laughs> that's going to be in my in my casket when they open it up in a thousand years. That poem and a page that says, please become a, a, a sponsor. <laughs> please become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. I should just do that. I wonder in the future, actually, I just thought about this. Because sometimes when I go into the cemetery and the I live near one of the 
largest cemeteries in the United States, one of the oldest. It goes back to 1700s. And you go through different areas, and uh, at I suppose I guess this was um, in the I'm not trying to remember the the years uh, when photography became more accessible to people. There's headstones with photographs of the, the people and under glass and uh, embedded into the headstone. So I wonder in the future. Will we go over there with our phones and scan the head? You know, it'll just be a barcode there, and the person will come up and say, hey, how you doing? Like a hologram? That could be. Yeah, sometimes I like to go around and look at the people and think about them and look at the times they lived in, the years they lived, and think about the history at that time, what yeah, what a world, what a world. Keeps on turning. All right, so which brings us back, I suppose, to why it is so important that we make a difference, that we do save this country from the fascist coup. That's that's an ongoing fascist coup. And all of the Republicans, all of them, are unfit and to catch people up in case you missed it the past couple of days people some people have been you know tuning out of politics i completely understand but nikki haley who is i never and like i was saying earlier i i never understood the appeal of nikki haley i i think it's just the appeal is she she she'll do right this one will do. She has a look. She's got what? I, um, she's she really is a nothing. What has she actually done? She's the governor. She was a governor, right? She was. I mean, the thing about republic, they have no spine. They have no courage. And let's start with uh, playing the video because so she's been going around doing. Uh, more intimate gatherings with, I guess, supporters, potential voters. I don't know why anybody would vote for her. Um, but so she's been meeting uh, in um, small space. I guess because she, well, Trump would say she can't fill a stadium. of She can't fill a Nuremberg rally of dupes. But she... She's really annoying. Uh, and I've, to refresh your memory, going back, she said after January 6th, she got a lot of press because she was one of the early Republicans who got off the Trump train. Uh, she didn't actually step off the train. She kind of, she contemplated it. She said at the time, after the insurrection, just like, Kevin McCarthy and uh, and uh, what's his face? Um, Lindsey Graham, Miss Lindsey. I'm out. I'm out. Count me out. Remember that? The whole the display. And Kevin McCarthy, the president bears responsibility for what happened. Republicans like to over-enunciate when they're trying to put on a... Uh, a, a, the appearance that they have emotions and that they are 
educate, I guess. I don't know. See, well, Lauren Boebert does that. Hold on. We'll be right back. The president bears responsibility for what... And then, of course, he went down to Maramoron and kissed his ass. Same thing with Nikki Haley. Nikki said that we were, we were wrong to follow Trump. You were wrong. Yeah. See, they knew this all along. That's why all Republicans are unfit. Because they know how unfit the traitor is. They know that he is a danger to democracy. They know he's a threat. They know he's a a national security threat. They know he's an international embarrassment. They know he's a toddler. In an in a, in a 80-year-old dude's very unfit body, they know he's a narcissist, a sociopath who doesn't give a shit about anybody else but himself. They know he's unfit to hold a leadership position in a modern nation, but still, he, uh, you know, he, 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 they're afraid of him. They're afraid of the mob. They're afraid of being primaried like Lauren Boebert, who who won her race by 500 votes. So that's why she's moving to another district. And we'll get to that in a little bit, in a little bit after we uh, give Nikki Haley a case of uh, Tarabuster, uh, a Tarabuster drubbing. So she's, she's just irritating. And she says whatever she thinks, whoever she's talking to needs to hear. This is why she, she's like all of them. They suck. They're unfit. They're all on the same page. They get the memo, and then they run with it. They have no integrity. They don't. It's not like they have a desire to make the country work for more than just the oligarchy. They're not working on that. That's why they talk about, they, they like to talk about all these platitudes about freedom. F- the freedom for billionaires to step on your neck that's what that's what freedom is but they peddle it as to the to the lowbrows as the freedom to say the n-word the freedom to hate gays the freedom not to bake a cake for somebody right the freedom for some bitch not to make a website for a couple of people who never asked them to make a website that's what they sell the morons, freedom. And then they talk about in personal responsibility. Of course, personal responsibility, meaning you're on your own, Jack. I don't know why these right-wingers even want to be a part of civilization, you know? But because they're like infants who want all the benefits. They want everything, but they don't quite understand how... You know, it's all connected, how it runs. You know, you, 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 you think, I do it myself. Like my little niece used to say, I'll do it myself. But you need mommy. You need daddy to keep the roof over your head. You just don't have it in you. So that's who they are. They, you just, they're, unca- they're incapable. They can't muster the maturity, the decency, the dignity. The self-dig, I mean, don't they have any dignity to follow a con man? Jesus Christ. 
they you you think they would have some some self-respect but for Nikki Haley she's like we shouldn't have followed Trump all of the sudden you figured that out after the insurrection and then you backtrack because right after she said we shouldn't have followed Trump then lo and behold she's pledging her support if he's the nominee and also she said back then that she wouldn't run if he was going to run. Of course he was going to run. He threw his hat in the ring very early on, if we, if we remember. I know we do. I wish the corporate media would remember. But he did it specifically because he's a traitor. And he, he, he's a crime. He's a, he's a one-man crime spree. So... He, he thought that being, I mean, it's like the two, he gets a, it's like a, he gets a bang, a, a double the bang for the buck. He gets to cry that everybody's attacking him. He gets to play victim. And hopefully he gets to, uh, you know, cry and whine his way back into the Oval Office so he can stop the Department of Justice from uh, looking at him. You know, there is a simple solution to Trump, who's crying about he's being targeted, he's always under attack, everyone's picking on him, right? The simple solution is stop committing crimes, right? That's it. That's all you got to do. Stop being a crime boss. Stop being a grubby little tax-cheating, draft-dodging, wannabe dictator con man. Stop being a traitor, right? Then the Justice Department, then you won't, then you, you won't have a problem. You know, they keep saying how, how Trump is always like, witch hunt, witch hunt, but please throw out my, he's always asking the courts to throw out his cases and, uh, to postpone the cases, of course, but to throw them out. Well, if he's so innocent, what are you afraid of? What, if, what is he afraid of? What, if you were innocent and unfairly targeted, wouldn't you want to get to court to get all this mess behind you so you can plead your case? And then he's like, oh, they, they're, they're witch hunting me. They're targeting me. What? What? What are you gonna? If there are no crimes, then there are no crimes. When nobody's making anything up, right? Every you notice that's his defense. It's this one's after me. That one's picking on me. This one's a Trump hater. Everyone's a Trump hater. Well, anyone who has any any humanity is a Trump hater. I mean, the whole world. It, it, uh, the whole normal, decent world are Trump haters. That's how you, it's the gauge of how you, uh, how you uh, measure someone's humanity. And one thing I've been, on, uh, before I play the Nikki Haley video, I've been, and we've noticed this all along. Sometimes I like to go on YouTube, distract myself. I've been watching some, um, freak outs, you know, public meltdown videos of people. It's 
probably didn't uh, contribute. It probably, I should say, contributed to my uh, depression during the week. I should stay away because people are so ridiculous. So ridiculous. You know? So, but anyway, um, the one of the themes I kept noticing in some of these public freakout compilations were that there there were a lot there was one one compilation was it was all racists right racists having meltdowns and then they called them karens having meltdowns which i feel bad honestly that karen word is getting on my nerves because i know some karens and they're very nice people and i think that's not fair to call people Car- well, I, mean, I get it but karen yeah it's not right to my friend karen is a great person it must be, I never asked her, I should ask her what it's like, because I would be upset if all of a sudden the word terror, my name became some, uh, you know, shorthand for a horrible person, right? Oh, you're a Tara. You're a Tara. I would hate that. I wouldn't like, anyway, whatever. So the Trump and Z's, um, what I've noticed in the, in the compilation of the racist meltdowns are there are a lot of Trump anzies. Let's put it that way. And you could tell. You could tell there's one where this couple is getting kicked off an airplane. And I don't I didn't quite catch why, but there's they're crying. They're we're being censored for our First Amendment rights are being censored just because we're Trump supporters. Really? That's it. Yeah, that's it. You're Trump supporters. You're being sent. What's happening to this country? This country's going down the tubes because we're 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 not allowed to have our First Amendment rights. And I'm sure whatever their First Amendment right was, you 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 have the First Amendment right. It's not like you can't be an, a racist asshole. That's your First Amendment right. You want to, but we also have a right to have a reaction to it. See, that's what they think freedom is. They want the freedom to be racist, to be horrible, and have nobody have a reaction to it, have anything to say about it. Let, you know, the good old days, let, where people could just say the N word. And I, it's, it's absolutely shocking. If you watch these videos where I don't, I don't get it, um, these horrible people will get into some kind of tiff with someone at the store or whatever. It's such a waste of time. And, they, and right, right out of their mouths just come racial slurs. Like, and it's as if they don't know that being a racist and being an idiot go hand in hand. There's studies to prove this. Racism is a, it's like a symptom of stupidity. If you're a very stupid person, then you are susceptible to being a racist. Obviously. And that's part of, I guess that's why you're a Trump anti. If you are a, I, I mean, it is the bottom line in the Trump cult. They're all racists. That's why I bet you if we turn on Fox News right now, we'll hear all about this caravan that's coming. Oh, the caravan the uh, at the border. The border's out of control. And it's always the border's out of control when the Democrat's in office. 
the border's always been the border. But, you know, when a Democrat's in office, and we talked about this last show, the, this is why the Republicans, they don't want to have a, uh, a conversation. They don't want to come up with a solution to uh, our crisis or whatever, our border crisis. They don't want to. They like it like this. They want it to be overwhelming. They, that's why they, they go on their, their fascist propaganda outlets and anybody else who will listen and say Biden's open borders. They say this as a, uh, as a siren song for, to, to lure more people here. Because all those who are, you know, who are hearing it in the other countries who, who've been contemplating getting out of their failed states that we helped create, they, they hear, all they hear is Biden. They don't, you know, who knows? Maybe they don't speak the language, but they hear Biden's open borders policies and they think the border's open. Now's the time. Let's go. So they do it deliberately. And if they really were sincere partners, if they were adults, if they were serious people who wanted to govern, uh, they would get together with the Democrats and come up with, a, with I don't know, maybe new, if you don't like the asylum laws that we helped craft after World War II so another Holocaust would never happen again, then rewrite the laws. That's you know, part of legislating. You, it's not just angertainment. It's not just a, a platform to a podcast where you go on your podcast and cry open borders, Biden's open borders. Yeah, and Jim on the chat says, look how they address the gun problem. Exactly. They don't. They don't care. Who's next? What school is going to be next? Which mall? Which supermarket? Which concert venue? Which movie theater? Which church? Which synagogue? Who's next? In the, as, what does Robin call it? The uh, Wayne LaPierre, Wheel of Death? Is it going to hit the Second Amendment? Sacrificing your life for for these assholes and they're misguided and deliberately misguided and manipulated definition of the Second Amendment. So the Second Amendment. Oh, that's other things. If you see those freak out videos, some of the I was one of these idiots was crying about that's my Second Amendment. The Second Amendment. Walking around with a with a gun. It's not a second amendment. It's not a well-regulated militia. Okay. So, yeah. They and this is this is it's all it's all related, you know. It sounds like a terror buster going all over the world here, but it is all connected to the fact that they are unfit. They're all unfit. You want to who you want to vote for? One unfit candidate or this unfit candidate or that one? Oh, this one has uh, has a uterus, so she's yeah, she'll get the women vote, right? I, this is how they think. That's why when John McCain was running for office, they scoured their Republican field for his vice president, who who would be the vice president pick, 
And they settled on Sarah Palin because she ticked the right boxes for them. They never did a, any vetting. That's all they needed. They needed this the superficial parts of her. They liked that she's a woman. She, and she had a family. Uh, she had a Down syndrome child. She's pro-forced uh, birth. And so she ticked those boxes. And it didn't take them long to figure out and find out how unfit she was, that she was not just unfit because she's a dummy. You know, you could be educated. You could be informed like I, if you're open to it, of course. But you're, you can't, you're, if you are a narcissist and your personality is like a rake on a chalkboard and you're, a, you're simply mean, that's how Steve Schmidt described her, that she was simply a mean person. She was a terrible person. And that's why, I mean, this is, it's, it's par for the course. And they figured out right away. Steve Schmidt, Nicole Wallace, they were working on John McCain's campaign. And it was evident, it was clear pretty, pretty soon into their campaign that she was unfit and they had made a mistake. But, and I've talked about it before on the show, if, they were patriots. I mean, Sarah Palin opens the door for Donald Trump. Without Sarah Palin, there would be no Donald Trump. But there, then again, I'm, I am hoping and expecting that the Republican Party would uh, not, you know, would muster some uh, maturity. But of course, that's all, that's me wishful thinking, really. And so they, they didn't do anything. You know, they, if they were patriots, Steve Schmidt, Nicole Wiles, the people working with her and on the, her, uh, and on the McCain campaign would have dropped her, said, no, she's, she's not good. We need another, we need to choose somebody else. This isn't working. She's unfit. And they, but they let her run right up to the end. And she, what, um, you know, what would have happened if they won? And Steve Schmidt says he, he, he has addressed this by saying that, well, we knew from the polling that John McCain was going to lose the election. So we were, we felt safe in continuing the campaign with her, but you, you know, you're never quite sure. Of course, look what happened in 2016. And, you you created the monster. You created Sarah Palin, the the idiot, the pundit, the reality TV star. That some people actually they voted for her. They like her. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice already. That's okay. All right. So here's Nikki Haley. Here's here's the question that sparked the the controversy wait a minute where is it i had it it's come on man um what was the cause of the united states civil war (laughs) 
Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the what cause is so of this- hard about that? That's another thing that I was confused about. Don't come with an easy question. She was tr- contemplating. What am I going to say? It's about slavery. That's it. Of course it is. I mean, what's so hard about that? It's not a complicated, it's not like World War I. What are the causes of World War I? That, it's not that hard. It's very simple. But she has to try, come with, gonna, don't come with an easy one. <laughs> this is real tough. You know what's tough is she has to think on her feet. What am I going to say that's going to please the racists, but also please somebody else or moderates or not offend, or not offend the racists? Unreal. Civil war was basically how government was going to run. The really? freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. Right. What sure. Do it's the- like being canceled. What people could and couldn't do when they fired on Fort Sumter. This is about what people can and cannot do. Like what? See, uh, they, there she, they go again talking about Small government, what people can and cannot do. The Civil War was about slavery, and government had to step in because the Southerners didn't want to let go of her of their human property. That's it, and they were racist. You know, they, their, their are their secession. Articles and the statements of secession from different states literally lay right out that the white, the white people are superior than the than black people. It says it right in their documents. Hold on. <clears throat> well, here we go. Here, here's Nikki. Let's go. As if the Civil War was what. I'm sorry? I'm I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government. Really? We need to have capitalism. So- we need to have economic freedom. We need-, we need to have capitalism. Well, capitalism gave us slavery. Okay? Capitalism, we could sum capitalism, unregulated capitalism up. We can sum it up in two words. Well, three words. The middle passage. That's capitalism. Capitalism was part of why human beings were held in bondage. We need capitalism. Yeah, with free labor. We need to be able to exploit. We can't get free labor. We'll get indentured servants. We'll, but we certainly don't want an, a... a, a a working class that thinks that they have any worth or can pester their betters for living wages and decent lives. That's why you've got to peddle this God to them. Tell them they can't rise up against their betters. And if God really loved them, if, if they were meant to be rich, they would be rich. God would have given them a trust fund. 
but don't worry, just work in the field. Don't complain. Don't upset the hierarchy, the natural hierarchy, and you will get your reward in heaven. That's why, that, in a nutshell, right there, that is why right-wingers want to destroy the, uh, the wall of separation between church and state. Because they got nothing else. They don't have anything for the American people. They only have more misery, more bootstraps. You're on your own. More division. You know, they're complaining about the, uh, you know, we're in a cold civil war. We're in a cold civil war because of them. Because they won't accept the results of an election. Because they, for 30 years, since, the, since Reagan destroyed the Fairness Doctrine and Clinton put the nail in the coffin with the Telecommunications Act, of 96 and created Rush Limbaugh. Since that time, they've been dividing the American people deliberately. They do it. They divide it between us and them. That's why they talk about New York liberals and Massachusetts liberals, where Democrats don't do that. Democrats don't go around going, oh, we don't want to be like those Tennessee yokels or those West Virginia hillbillies. Never do we hear that. All we hear Democrats talking about uh, giving them benefits, even though the Republicans, you know, like, for example, in uh, Obamacare, specifically, there was a section in Obamacare about taking care of coal miners with black lung disease, making sure they had medical so they could see a doctor, so they could, you know, get some help. These same people that wouldn't even call Barack Obama by his name. The same people who voted for Trump twice. Right? I mean, this is a disgrace. And the Democrats need to stop pandering to these horrible people and start, you know, hanging the albatross of anti-American, anti-democratic, anti-patriotic conservative policies around their necks. You're not, I mean, if you, if you can't even dis, you can't even agree on the history of this country, the actual history, it's not us. It's not normal people, Democrats, who are denying history. We want to have an adult conversation about it because we want to make the future better. How can you do that if you if everything is perfect? You know, you can't fix perfect. Everybody was perfect in the past. That's bullshit. It's complete at an absolute bullshit. It's like the it's childish to even contemplate. Oh yeah, it's about people what they could do. What people could do, what they could do on airplanes, right? So people who don't want to wear a mask, 
in the middle of a pandemic. That's what it's about. Freedom! Freedom to not do your the the simplest part of keeping your country safe in the middle of a pandemic and maybe saving somebody's life, but who cares, right? It's not you. It's not your life. This is part of the problem. The Republicans have divided us. They can. T- it's not the Democrats. Of course, the Democrats. I mean, the Republicans say that. Democrats are dividing. You know, they would they talked about Barack Obama as the most divisive president in American history. You know why he's divisive to them? And they they would talk about it on Fox News all the time. He's divisive because he's got darker pigment. That triggers them. And they didn't like it. He said they they would call him a racist. Because, yeah, because he's got darker pigment and he, he, uh, anytime he would address anything having to do with race, they said, oh, there he goes dividing us. He's divide, he's the most divisive uh, ever, according to Fox News. Because the only thing anyone with darker pigment is, is supposed to do, is allowed to do in the, conservative, Republican, fascist party is to agree with them that white people are, are uh, you know, at the top. There's no racism in America. Everything's great. Like Uncle Tim Scott says, there's America's not a racist nation. But they, they're talking about people's, people's hearts. America is not a race. Of course it's racist. There's racist policies. Does that mean, uh, doesn't mean we hate this country when we talk about it. We're trying to make it better. We recognize the sins of the past, the problems of the past. We try to overcome it. But according to Republicans, the very act of trying to overcome uh, the the past, the racist policies of the past, is racist in itself. That's the racism. It's not the policies that kept people in divided and in their place. It's it's trying to rectify those policies to make a more perfect union. They don't talk about what you know, like why. African American families have a intergenerational wealth of $5,000 as opposed to $100,000 for white families. Well, that must be because white families simply work $100,000 more. They deserve it more. Uh, that according to Uncle Tim Scott because if there is no racism, then why is there such a wide disparity? Of course there's racism. Of course there's racist policies. When AOC mentioned the racist aspects of the New Deal, they all jumped on her case. Even the, the, the Morning Joe crew, everybody. Oh, she called FDR racist. She called the New Deal racist. Is that what she did? I mean, it's so, it's so childish. 
It's so babyish. She called the New Deal racist. She said there were racist parts of it. Of course there was. Because some of the policies of the New Deal were, for, were excluded. The black people were excluded from them, from the GI Bill, from the same, you know, black people wore the same uniform, fought the same fascists overseas, but they couldn't get, they, uh, they couldn't use their GI Bills to buy homes. That's a racist policy, you know, and the, the, these things were built into the New Deal to get Southern buy-in. They wouldn't do it otherwise. It's another example of how this country have, has, uh, how we've been held back by conservatism, by the constant compromising, the, the periodic compromising with 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 the horrible people with the worst people you know as they say oh don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good so you know you gotta make compromises with evil I suppose so here let's get to the to the good part of Nikki's well the, the, the part we've all been waiting for. Make sure that we do all things so that individuals have the liberties so that they can have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want to be without government getting in the way. And the guy says something. In 2023, you can't answer that question without, without mentioning slavery. What do you want me to say about slavery? That's uh, unreal. What do you want Next me Next question. Next question. What do you want me to say about slavery? Tell it to me. Somebody needs to tell me what I need to say about slavery. It's incredible. What do you want me to say about slavery? When I saw that and heard that, I, I was, you know, not on, I wasn't, I was flabbergasted, but I wasn't surprised. And here she is back in 2010. Basically, she's talking to a bunch of white supremacists, and they asked her a similar question. What's your belief about the reason the Civil War was fought? What's your, what's your, re, re, what did he say? Uh, what's your ruling as to why the Civil War was fought? I mean, again, I think that as we look at... Look at that pause. She has to think about, what am I going to say here to these white supremacists? Government, as we watch government, you have different sides. And I think that you see passions on different sides. And I don't think anyone does anything out of hate. I think what they do is they do things out of tradition and out of... It's tradition. That's what she said. I don't think anybody does anything out of hate. Are you kidding me? Guess she hasn't seen those freakout, public freakout videos on YouTube. I don't think anybody does anything out of hate. I talk about childish. Are you in the second grade or something? Yeah, nobody does anything out of hate, Nikki. They do it out of tradition, the tradition of hate. 
That's, I mean, if you have a tradition of, of hate, you have a tradition of owning other people. That's pretty fucked up tradition. That's like, who was that, that, uh, chef woman, the Southern chef. She got in trouble not too long ago. Uh, what's her name? She's like older. And she said, well, we in the South, we really, we had a relationship with our slaves or something like that. Because, you know, they were part of our family. And the Republicans, they actually think this. I remember back in the day, it's Paula Dean, yeah. When uh, they had one of their, their, you know, it's pre-Trump, it's the Tea Party, the tea baggers, uh, traders back in the day, they, they had, I think we talked about before one of their, they, there was some black conservative doing a seminar at, at CPAC. And they, he mentioned that Frederick Douglass had written his former master, a, a letter and the guy interrupted him and said to thank him for keeping a roof over his head and feeding him. And no, no, that's not why he wrote a letter to his, his former owner. I mean, the fact that he could even write a letter because what well, that's one thing it was illegal for people with darker pigment to learn how to read or to be taught how to read. Yeah, knowledge is power. Booty. Can you hear Booty? All right, let's keep going with her 2010 answer. Beliefs of what they believe is right. Um, I think you had one side of the Civil War that was fighting for tradition, and I think you had another side of the Civil War that was fighting for change. Tradition and change. What I think we need to remember is... um, Change we can believe in. You know, everyone is supposed to have their rights. Everyone's supposed to be... Uh, Are we listening to a a freaking 12th grader give a book report on a book they didn't read? Everybody's got to have freedom. Everyone's supposed to do what they're supposed to do. Everyone's supposed to be able to say what they're going to say. Everyone needs freedom. That's what it sounds like. They're child-ish. What have I said all along? They lack the fundamental maturity to function in a democracy. It's so over their heads. This person wants to be president, guys. She thinks, I mean, that's the other thing about the Republican Party, and they are the con party, is that they're all, they're all unfit, yet they don't know their limitations, which makes them insane. That's one of the hallmarks of insanity. But you don't, you don't put people like this in in charge. You don't give them leadership positions. She's not a leader. She, I, I mean, she's just lucky that she, she would not be in the Democratic Party. I mean, she kind of reminds me of, I guess, uh, what's her name? Cinema, Kristen Cinema. She's another one who sucks. As far as, uh, you know, now she's independent. You're a real independent thinker there. Cinema, 
you know, so the way you take money from the rich and you never meet with your constituents and you fly all over Europe, you let them fly you all over Europe as you meet with uh, big wigs who funnel money into your pockets. Yeah. That's such a, you're such a renegade, such a maverick. ...to have the same um, freedoms as anyone else. So, you know, I think it was tradition versus change is the way I see it. Tradition versus change on what? On individual rights and liberty of people. <laughs> individual rights and people. Tradi it's about tradition and change. Now, uh, in your, this is like third grade class. Tell me, um, third grade Nikki, let's pretend she's 12. What do you think the causes of the Civil War were? What they do is they do things out of tradition and out of beliefs of what they believe is right. Um, I think you had one side of the Civil War that was fighting for tradition, and I think you had another side of the Civil War that was fighting for change. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, change one a tradition or change the tradition of you know the horrors of slavery the tradition of the middle passage you know throwing them over when they were too sick to be profitable just throw them into the water you know that's your unfettered capitalism the tradition and change we want change. That's what happened. They were they met on the field of Gettysburg or wherever, uh, Shiloh, the wilderness. They were like, we want change. We want tradition. Hey, what I think we need to remember is um, that, you know, you know, everyone is supposed to have their rights. Everyone's supposed to <laughs> she's be 12. free. Everyone's supposed to have the yes, same um, that freedoms sweet. as anyone else. So, you know, I think it was tradition versus change is the way. Everyone's supposed to have rights. Everyone's supposed to be free. Tradition versus change. Uh, that would be, uh, I think you would get a C. Maybe a D. You, you got to be more specific in your next book report. I think it, you know, I think it was tradition. Everyone's supposed to be free. Everyone's supposed to have rights. Everyone's supposed to know what they're going to say and know what they want to do. And everyone's supposed to be able to do it when the government telling them what to do. You know, government doesn't tell you what to do when you're free. You know, government, government's bad, right? Because it stops the, the, uh, the, the, job creators from trickling on us you know we're all we don't have the, the you know the, we're lazy as half the republican party says whenever they get in front of a microphone the american people they just don't want to work a lot of people just sitting around lounging out in that social safety net hammock and they don't want to work, and government this this government is just doing it for them. You know how it is here. It's such a it's such a goddamn party all the time. Here in the United States of Serfs and Lords, where I think what is it? Uh, the unemployment rate is like three point seven now, but nobody wants to work. Nobody. Everybody sucks. The American people sure do suck, but they're free. 
free to not wear a mask. Nobody wants to, you know, they're free to not give a shit about anybody else but themselves and act like overgrown toddlers who think they're the center of the universe. They, they haven't, they haven't uh, matured past that age where most children mature. You know, you develop, there are stages, life stages. One of the stages is when you think you're the center of the universe. And then it's, it's shocking. You start seeing other people and you're like, Oh, I'm not the center of the universe. There are others here. And we've discussed this before, how uh, there the many studies child on on children. Uh, I don't know what you. I guess childhood studies have concluded or reveal. I don't know. It's not revealed. They've just kind of backed up what we already know with uh, empirical data that human beings are wired for fairness, and they've done this with toddlers where and uh, who don't have the they don't have language yet but they would have to, they would put some toddlers in a room and then they would give one toddler all of the toys or all of whatever something that they all wanted and the other toddlers the there were two of them in one of these studies and the other child would share with the other with the child who had nothing because and they didn't like it they didn't like being treated unfairly they were it was uh they were wired it was as if they were wired to be repulsed by it to be upset by it and we are we are wired to be interdependent and that's how mother nature made us and that's by that's not by accident that's because we can survive, human beings can survive on their own, but together we thrive. We can do some amazing things as a, a together, right? We can't do it on our own. We can't go to the moon on our own. I, I mean, the, uh, the first man on the moon, wait, let's see, for, who was that again, first man? Neil Armstrong, first man on the moon, he he didn't get there by himself. He stood on the shoulders of of decades, of generations, centuries of human beings advancing knowledge and decades. Uh, there was a whole team, not just decades. I mean, the entire um, team of people that sent him into uh, into space. He didn't do it on his own. We we're in this together. Yeah, that it always fascinates me. You know, they think about it's like the fish in water who doesn't know, you know, that they're in water until you take them out of it. We are surrounded by the infrastructure of a civilization that is is here. It's been built for us. I mean, there is an infrastructure of democracy that needs to be cultivated and continuously maintained. And like there, like there's infrastructure in general that we exist in. That's part of freedom. Yeah, we get to drive our roads to wherever we want to go or there's a supermarket. We don't have to worry. You don't wake up in the morning and say, damn, I got to go to the 
I have to go to the well. I have to dig a well. I have to go out. I have to hunt and gather for my food. You know, we've gotten to a point where we can, we're supposed to be able to sit to enjoy being a human being. All of this is around us to help us be free. So we can hang out with our family and friends and write poems and, you know, share in this blip of time, the existence, the, the human experience. And, but that's what freedom is, right? That's freedom. I turned on the, the tap and the water came out and it, do, it doesn't have parasites because government, government we, the people, got together and we hire others and we maintain it. There's regulations and there, you can't have poisons. You can't just put uh, mud in a bottle and, and sell it to people. There has to, be a, there has to be water in the bottle. It's like, the, it's like a car. It's like a, a, a house. It has to be built to standards. That so it doesn't collapse and we're safe and we all you know follow the rules. We stop at a red light. We go when it's green. I mean we live interdependently. And if you don't like that, go away. Go into the woods, like the Una bomber. He didn't like it. He went into the woods. You know, that these people, they want all the benefits of civilization and they don't want any of the responsibilities that we have to each other. And they don't think about the infrastructure, like even being on the Internet. And they uh, the way they eviscerate Al Gore. Right. I, I swear to God when they it's this is a prime example how uh, they eviscerated Al Gore for years, saying that Al Gore invented the universe. Oh, he said he invented the universe, um, the universe, the internet. It might as well be the universe. And he never said that. He never said that. He said what Al Gore said was he was part of the, the uh, legislating body that passed the the laws that made the internet possible that's what he said but the the filthy fascists because they got nothing they take that and then they go on their propaganda outlets thanks to bill clinton and ronald reagan and they spread that they pour that poison into people's ears you know if they had anything that was, if they had anything worthy to talk about, that's what they'd be talking about. They wouldn't be spreading bullshit like that. Oh, Al Gore said he invented the internet. I mean, it's so childish. And that's the theme for tonight. And if they, why don't they go out there instead of whining and saying, oh, Al Gore said he invented the internet and Barack Obama wasn't born in America and Joe Biden, well, he actually stole the election. Like all this bullshit. Why don't you present your ideas to the American people? Give them your, your pitch, your elevator pitch. What's in it when we, if we vote for you, what do we get? What do we get? 
Less regulation. Oh, great. More parasites in the water. More parasites in the food. That's what Trump did. We've, we've talked about this during the Trump debacle, the so-called administration, how they, they reduced the number of inspectors on the slaughterhouse line, which is disgusting when you think about it anyway. They, they went from five inspectors to zero, to self-reporting. I wonder if that's even, if Biden has reinstated that because the FDA whistleblowers came out and said, yeah, people are going to get sick now and they're not going to know why because, you know, there's feces in the food. There's, uh, there's toenails and th- parts of the, the poor animal that sacrificed its existence for human sustenance, it's the, there's, there's parts that we can't digest. But uh, I, there's no, I mean, the, nobody hates you more than somebody that literally wants you to eat shit, okay? That's Trump. I, what a disgusting person. Hold on, we'll be right back. See, I just looked it up. Despite the popular misconception that Al Gore claimed to have invented the internet, he never made such a statement. In 1999, in an interview, he did say, During my service in the United States Congress, I took initiative in the legislation that created the internet, referring to his efforts promoting and supporting the internet's development. And that's what happened. You know, the internet was funded. It was created by government, government, government research and development and taxpayer dollars for Christ's sake. But, oh no, no, no. Government bad. I hate these people. I hate them. Legally and peacefully, I can't take them. It's, just, it's just like babies. I can't handle it. Give us something. And uh, like I was just saying, give us your elevator pitch, Republicans. What do you got for us? Oh, stop woke. When I'm president, vote for me because you can hate trans people. Vote for me. You, there'll be no women. There'll be no biological males in the bathroom. Fuck you. Biological males in the bath. This is what they. This is what they worry about. Notice, though. In, in fact, I heard somebody was saying this. I can't remember who. And I was like, a good point. Uh, they mentioning that you notice they don't pass laws of biological females in the men's room, right? Like trans men going into the men's room. You know why? Because it's all misogyny. That's it. Homophobia is rooted in misogyny. Homophobia, transphobia, all rooted, all stems from the inherent, the conservative inherent hatred of women. So uh, we can look throughout history 
the the laws against homosexuality were targeted to men. Men, because in other men's eyes or whatever, brains, then uh, you're acting like a woman. You see, if you are, if you have sex with another man, that means you're a woman. You're acting like a woman. And you, and that is a disgrace. You're degrading yourself by being a woman. That's why they, I mean, I can't take these people. All right. And, uh, we all know it's a construct. Everything, everything is just so over their heads. Why don't you go away? Go and take a class in the Civil War, Nikki. You know, I mean, that's the other thing. There is no excuse for this ignorance anymore. Well, they don't have the intellectual curiosity either. But there is no excuse because there's the whole window to the world. We're looking at it. The Internet Thanks, Al Gore. The, the, there's the window to the entire world. You could read the classics. You could learn history. I told you guys at one time years and years ago, I love history. I watched that whole, when I was a kid, that whole uh, Ken Burns Civil War documentary, which if you've never seen it, it's, it's amazing. And that's part i always loved history but that was gave me a primer in the in the civil war and but the other thing and so years went by and i was this was years and years ago and someone that i was working with said that they were talk we were talking about the civil war i don't know how it came up but she's and she said that it was about states rights she she was adamant that the Civil War was not about slavery, it was about states' rights. And I was like, the states' rights to own other human beings. It was about slavery. No, it wasn't. It was more than that. No, it wasn't. It started with slavery. It was the economics of slavery and the states' rights to own other human beings. And because I couldn't really I, I i i it was frustrating to me because i i knew this but i didn't have all of the all the all the receipts and i went online this was years ago you know the internet was uh was a baby and i took there was a on well not a, not that not that many years ago maybe it was i don't know 15 years i don't remember exactly but the they there was like a whole course on on the civil war and it was taught by um a prof, a harvard professor who gave the same class to harvard students so i got to listen to all these lectures from a harvard professor a a scholar of history and didn't have the homework so that was interesting but and it gave me a good foundation and, and, and a refresher. So if you really wanted to learn about something, it's there. There's so much to learn. So let's see. The civil, the secession documents of several southern states explicitly mentioned slavery as a central reason for the decision to leave the Union. For example, in South Carolina, 
Here's a quote. An increasing hostility on the part of the non-slaveholding states to the institution of slavery has led to a disregard of their obligations. Here's another quote from South Carolina secession documents. The ends for which the Constitution were framed was framed are declared by itself to be to form a more perfect established justice, ensure domestic tranquility. I, I left out union because it's not in this quote. To form a more perfect and it says, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, and promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. These ends it endeavored to accomplish by a federal government in which each state was recognized as an equal and had separate control over its own institutions. The right of property in slaves was recognized by giving to free persons distinct political rights by giving them the right to represent and, uh, and burthen, burthening them with the direct taxes for three-fifths of their slaves, another one of these filthy compromises with evil, by authorizing the importation of slaves for 20 years and by stipulating for the rendition of fugitives from labor. So they're complaining that, oh, you know, you're flip-flopping. You, you, you used to say sl that people who are enslaved are three-fifths of a human being, and now you're telling us that they're human beings. That's so unfair. It's such a witch hunt. Uh, Mississippi, our position is thoroughly identified with the institution of slavery, the greatest material interest of the world. That's what Mississippi said. The greatest material interest of the world. In Georgia, it said, For the last 10 years, we have had numerous and serious causes of complaint against the, our non-slave-holding Confederate states with reference to the subject of African slavery. You're just being unfair. Texas we hold as undeniable truths that the government of various states and the Confederacy itself were established exclusively by the white race for themselves and their posterity, and that the African race had no agency in this establishment, that they were rightfully held and regard as an inferior and dependent race. And in that condition, only could their existence in this country be rendered beneficial or even tolerable. So this sounds kind of familiar to us today. Be here's the thing. It's this, the, what am I saying? Republicans are, um, they attract, okay, here's the, the old, the old uh, axiom, although all Republicans aren't racist, all racists are Republicans, right? There you go. They are endorsed by the KKK, by David Duke, the KKK. And these people actually believed, for example, when Barack Obama was president, that that was not a legitimate government. 
that it was an occupying government and Trump is the backlash. All right, guys, that's the end of the Progressive Voices part of the show. Thank you for hanging out. Happy New Year. We will win. Come on back to youtube.com slash Sifa channel slash Tarabester. Hang out in the greatest chat room in American history. Check out APS Radio News. Tell Charlie that Tara sent you. Come on over to patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Become a patron. Keep the real liberal media going and growing. We will win. We're on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy, humanity. We stick together. We win. I will see you soon. Okay, we're still here. I got to breathe. I got to breathe. So these quotes from the secession documents clearly indicate that slavery was a primary issue leading to the secession of the states from the union. And of course, then you have vice president, what's his name? Uh, VP uh, Cornerstone speech. Stephen, oh no, the Cornerstone speech was delivered by Confederate Vice President Alexander Stevens on March 21st, 1861 in Savannah, Georgia. In this speech, Stevens defended slavery as the fundamental and just result of a supposed inferiority of the black race, which is not a race, by the way. Hopefully we will finally evolve away from that. There's no race There's no black race, white race. There's the human race. And some people have darker pigment, like some people have different colored hair. Some people have black hair. Some people have red hair. Some people have white hair, right? Like cats. Some people, some cats are orange. Some cats are white. Some cats are black. Some cats are gray. But they're all cats. Same thing. There's no race. Even to say race, it's like gender. Gender is a construct. We understand that. Republicans don't under, well, they, they, they fight against facts and they go kicking and screaming whenever humanity evolves. There's, there, yeah, because uh, perjury trader Green likes to say that There are, trust the science. There's only two genders. Why is she so triggered? Right? By, well, she hates women. That's it. She's a misogynist. Like all Republican females, they have to be bigger misogynists than Republican men. They have to hate anything that's considered a traditionally female characteristic like being compassionate. Not that men aren't compassionate, but you know what I mean. All the traditionally, the stereotypically female characteristics are denigrated, if you've noticed, by by right-wingers. You're supposed to stomp on people. You're not supposed to think, you know, bleeding hard. Yeah, let it bleed. So, yeah, where was I? Where was I? 
I lost my place. I lost my place. Too much. Uh, Mr. White Christmas. Uh, okay. Uh, our new government. Here's from the Cornerstone speech. Our new government's foundations are laid. Its cornerstone rests upon the great truth that the Negro is not equal to the white man. Isn't that disgusting? That slavery, subordination to the superior race, is his natural and normal condition. This is like, you know, it just speaks volumes, not about those who are enslaved, but about the people doing the enslaving. They're, you're not that you're not that superior. If you have to claim this superiority, it should be evident, shouldn't it be? Why should it be? Why do you need legislation? Why do you need a whole institution of bondage? If you're so superior, you just be superior. Oh well, that means well, you know, you're cutting into profits then. This, this is what they said. This is what Stevens said, Vice President Stevens. This, our new government, is the first in the history of the world based on this great truth. Oh, well, that's, what a great truth. And that's why, you know, these conservatives who love their, their, their monuments to these traitors, that's what you're, that's what you're venerating. Oh, no, it's tradition. It's history. We want tradition. We want change. Give me a break. Jared Jr. is snoring, like, out of control. No, I can't take the... I can't take the mic out. I was going to take the mic out. And I wonder if I... I don't want to do it. It'll disrupt the whole show. <laughs> it's so funny, though. Can you hear that? I don't know. It's so funny. All right. Our new government is founded upon exactly the opposite idea. Its foundations are laid. Its cornerstone rests. Well... Um, when they, when he's talking about the opposite idea, what preceded it is this. The Constitution, it is true, secured every essential guarantee to the institution while it should last, and hence no argument can be justly urged against the constitutional guarantees thus secured because of the common sentiment of the day. Those ideas, however, were fundamentally wrong. And what he's talking about is, um, is the general welfare. All right, this, let me go back a little. The new constitution has put at rest forever all the agitating questions relating to our peculiar institution, peculiar, I can't say that word, African slavery, the proper status of the Negro, these people suck, in our form of civilization. This was immediate cause of the late rupture and the present revolution. Jefferson, in his forecast, had anticipated this as the rock upon the which 
the old union would split. He was right. What was conjecture with him is now a realized fact, but whether he fully comprehended the great truth that the enslavement of the African was in violation of the laws of nature, that it was wrong in principle, socially, morally, and politically. It was an evil they knew um, not well. The idea, though not incorporated in the Constitution, was prevailing. So what he's saying is that they, even though Jefferson was a slaveholder and they, the founders generally understood that slavery as an institution was evil. And he argues our new government is founded on exactly the opposite idea. Its foundations are laid. Its cornerstone rests upon the great truth that the Negro is not equal to the white man, that slavery is his natural and normal condition. This, our new government, is the first in the history of the world. Isn't it amazing? And they're still at it. They're still going at it. Even reading that makes me want to puke. How vile. But that exactly like I was saying, before, just five minutes ago, that the Republicans, what not all of them, of course, but the David Duke Republicans believed that they, they never accepted Barack Obama as president. This is why they are so off the chain now. And they, they don't want democracy. They want to throw the whole damn thing out because they cannot share. They see where it's going that the every step we we take to a more perfect union they they can't handle it they freak out they storm the capital they don't want it you know obamacare they don't want obamacare because they want they want it for themselves though they just don't want to share with other people they want you know with darker pigment that's all, that's all that it's about. When they talk about the cities, you know, urban, when they talk about the New York liberals, and th- and this is what they have they've they've done this deliberately. They have branded the Democratic Party as the party of people with darker pigment. You see, it's really true. This is, and they have lumped the entire Republican Party. I mean, the Democratic Party. This is the, as uh, an us against them. And when they're talking about us, they're talking about white people, and them are brown people, and they. That's why they're triggered by you know this, how we started the show, the caravan, rather than come up with come to the table and have legislation like the bipartisan gang of 10. Remember we talked about it on the last show. They blocked that because they don't want to have a solution. So they want the country to, to, uh, to split into factions and to, uh, you know, us against them. That's why they would rather throw the whole thing out and have an authoritarian dictator who will put everyone in their place. And when they're talking about in the beginning of the Trump maladministration, when he shut down the government, shut it down, 
and that woman was saying, oh, he's not hurting the people he needs to be hurting. He's talking about, they're talking about brown people. That's it. So they have, they have, this is what they have, um, the, the, what they have whittled it all down to, that the Democratic Party will raise your taxes to give it to brown people. That's what there's, that's the whole thing in a nutshell. And of course it's bullshit because they want all the benefits of civilization, but they don't want any of the responsibilities we have to each other because they don't, they don't like brown people. They don't want to share. That's why they take right now all across this country. They have taken black history books out of, of the library, school libraries Anything having to do with black people, gay people, anybody different, any marginalized group, they don't want they don't want anybody talking about that. They don't want uh, their little precious future brat republican uh, morons. God help them. I hope they grow up and rebel against their their Trump parents, but they don't want them seeing the world through anybody else's eyes. They want, they want, all they want is them to be like, you know, this is why they say, and I always found it, it's so absolutely ridiculous when they say, oh, they're teaching your kids that some are, that they're oppressors. I'm an oppressor. And one of these idiots actually, one of these Republicans, you know, they make up, they make every shit up. They make it all up, of course. He was saying that one of his children came home and was like, Mommy, I'm an oppressor. Get the fuck out of here. I'm an oppressor. Who? No one said no kid ever. And why are you feeling bad? You know, why are you automatically assuming that the kids will be on the side of the slaveholders? No, you need to know what goes on so you can be better. You know, be best, as trophy wife number three says. Be best. Which brings me to Lauren Band from the bowling alley, Bobert, who has cut and run from her, her district, Colorado District 3, She's cut and run from there because she squeaked by with 500 votes more than her challenger. And she doesn't want to get rid, she doesn't want to lose her phony baloney job in the Congress. uh, Well, it's in angertainment, her phony baloney angertainment job, her podcast gig. She don't want to lose that. Her, her cushy job with the lifetime benefits, with the free health care, courtesy of the American people. She Another one who loves socialism. Socialism for me, not for thee. And let's play her announcement. I have it here. They are sickening. Socialism for thee. For me, I mean. 
Hey everyone, I hope you had a great Christmas with Look at her green light. You could see it. She's got a green uh, ring light. Why is it green? Loved ones, I hope it was full of laughter and joy. After all, joy is not Who's just joy? a suggestion. It is our battle plan. Well, now for this video what's with your battle plan, bitch? They're always talking about battles. It's our joy is our battle plan. What's up with your with your with your language? Right? Oh, we gotta. It's us against them. It's like I'm saying. Everything is violence. We gotta beat them. Battle plan. It's a battle. You know, put the friggin' targets on people. It's this. They're, they're disgusting. Here's my battle plan. Joy is our battle plan. Even joy has to be denigrated as a freaking battle plan. Because joy is our... She must have heard that in church. That sounds like some mega church uh, slogan. Joy is our... Like uh, Joel Osteen or something. Joy is our battle plan. So let's get right to it. Today, Ugh. I am announcing my candidacy for the 2024 so Republican nomination to... Okay. I'm sorry to keep cutting it off, but I, I want you to pay attention with, to her over-enunciating things. She's so irritating. I guess because she's an idiot, um, she thinks that over-enunciating her words makes her sound smart. Is that it? We know what she is. I mean, we know how she behaves. We've seen the 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 security footage she's an asshole she's a she's a don't you know who i am kind of person who is the center of the universe she wants to go to a, a show she wants to be in public with other humans who are trying to watch a show with their families and friends and children and she could sit there vaping and carrying on and acting like an asshole cuz it's her world. We all live in it. That's them. That's a that's a child. You know, a child doesn't understand. When the, when a child is the center of the universe, they can they'll go on a plane, they'll go on a on a bus or whatever. And I've we've all seen this. We've all experienced that. You can't settle your child down on a bus or on a plane. And you know, a mother is. Um, trying to, you know, is, is embarrassed. Like, I'm so sorry. And you just can't, can't get the kid to settle down and stop being disruptive. They, because they don't understand that there are other people and they're not the center of the universe. That's Lauren Boebert at that, that theater. That's just the one we caught her. That is who she is. We just had the footage for that. Do you think she be, that's the only day she behaved like that? Groping somebody that she says she's on a first date with? Just grabbing his junk in the theater? As he's honking on her hooters? In front of the whole, the whole theater? Oh yeah, the, the lights were out. But she's sitting next to somebody and she's vaping with a pregnant woman who says, can you please you know, no, not vape? No, you must be a miserable person. That's what she said to the woman. 
miserable. No one is more miserable than these people, than these liars, these angertainment scumbags who know that they're in over their head. That's the other thing. She, she like Nikki Haley, like Vivek Ramaswamy, they don't know their limitations. They think they can be president? Are you fucking kidding me? They have now, you know, they just want to skip all the work. It's like George Santos. Oh, I got two degrees. I worked on at Citibank. I, I'm a volleyball star. It's so much easier to say it than it is to do the work. You know, going to college. You might have to, you read books. You got to read books. You got to write papers. You got to take courses and things. You got to learn about things. That takes time. That takes commitment and dedication. But so much easier just to say it. Like Trump, who paid people to take his tests. And we have it on good authority. Of course he did. You think he sat in class? You think he took his his tests? Of course he wants the he wants the the uh, the accolades. He wants the degree. They don't want to do the work. They cheat themselves. They don't realize how they cheat themselves. They're only lying to themselves. They're only limiting themselves. That's why they, deep down, know what frauds they are. So they got to, they overcompensate by being assholes. And then they denigrate anybody else. Oh, the elites. That's an elite. I'm a small businesswoman. Because she failed her GED three times. Oh, yeah, she's such a, she's a small businesswoman who didn't know, you know, the silly regulations about keeping food at a certain temperature so you don't give people salmonella. Oh, big government getting in the way. Okay, let's continue. Represent Colorado's fourth congressional district fourth. in the United States House of Representatives. Oh, oh you are? It's the right move for me personally, and it's the right Because you will lose. For me personally, now let's remember, guys, that she lost her seat. It wasn't a Democratic district, not even really a purple district. She she won, I should say, by five hundred votes in a in a Trump plus nine district. Okay, now she's going to a Trump plus twenty seven district for hoping for a better shot. Wouldn't it be beautiful? to beat her, to send her back to OnlyFans or wherever the hell she came from, back, go, go to college, get a degree, go, go podcast. I am going to represent. She doesn't want to lose, but she's not the only one who is going to run. There's other, uh, other horrible Republicans who've announced that they're they're also gonna run for that seat. Former state senator Jenny Je, Jerry Sonnenberg of Sterling, who is currently a Logan County commissioner, state representative Richard Holtzorf of Akron, conservative radio talk show host Deborah Flora, former state senator Ted Harvey of Highlands Ranch. 
Colorado House Minority Leader Mike Lynch of Wellington is also expected to throw his hat in the ring. Oh, I hope. I hope she's gone. For those who support our conservative movement, this what is movement? the right move for it's Colorado. It's like a bowel movement. For us. No, Since the first day us, I ran for, for public office, I promised I would do whatever it takes to stop the socialists and stop communists the socialists from taking over. And communists, they never have any exam. What socialist? What part of socialism don't you like? Social security? Yes. Medicaid? Oh, oh, well, this is what I wanted to show you guys. If you don't rem if in case you missed um, Lauren banned from the bowling alley, Bobert banned from the Beetlejuice show, Bobert. She's um, a typical Republican. Pull themselves up by the bootstraps, or the uh, with the help of the progressive policies that they don't want others to have. Look at their tweet. I'm living the American dream. I came up from welfare. Standing in line waiting for government cheese. Now I'm running for Congress. Let's keep the radical socialists out of government so that people can be empowered to lift themselves out of poverty rather than wait on government. Can you believe these fucking people? <laughs> Can you believe that? Let's, she, she, I mean, cognitive dissonance meets the Dunning-Kruger effect right there. So do, do you have any, do you have a sense of irony? Do you have a, do you even hear yourself, Bobert? Incredible. The first part, I'm living the American dream. I came up from welfare. Thank you, liberals. Thanks, FDR. Thanks, liberals. Thank a fucking liberal, you goddamn albatross. Around our national neck, you international embarrassment. You shameful, shame, shame. Shameful example of the worst parts of the human condition. Yes, SS1964 on the chat says, Republican Nazism in a nutshell. It is right there, right there. Living the American dream. I came up from welfare thanks to the progressive policies that she is destroying and denigrating as socialist and communist, and she's going to stop it. Standing in line for government cheese. Thank you, liberals. Thank you, Democrats, progressives, for giving people a, a hand up. You know, so... Because we live in the richest country in the world. There's no reason for any family to go hungry. If you're waiting for government cheese, good. Because we're here to help you. We got you. We got your back. If you're struggling, you know, there's no, there's no reason anybody does, shouldn't have access to a decent 
middle-class life. And we're going to help you do that by investing in each other. We'll, we'll help you if you can't, if you, if you're not on your feet, we'll give you some help. We'll help you keep a roof over your head with welfare. We, you can have some spending money with welfare. You get some, some money. We'll give you food stamps so you can eat, so you can have the strength to look for a job or go to school and invest in yourself. So we're investing in you because we don't know. Maybe that kid we send to school will come up with the cure for cancer. But if not, if we didn't invest in that kid, they'd be struggling Maybe they'd be stuck in some dead-end nine-to-five job and no benefits, no job security. Whereas in other countries, uh, you know, like in Norway and Denmark, people who work at McDonald's, they, they get paid living wages. They can actually live. They can make a career out of it. And some people do. Because there's no excuse in a civilized nation that anyone should be paid poverty wages. There's not, that, that's a, that's, if you can't pay, then you shouldn't be in business. What's the meaning of an economy? What's the meaning of life? What's the meaning of a, of an economy? Government, we, the people get together. We lay the ground rules of the game and we, because we are cultivating the kind of civilization that is prosperous and forward-thinking and modern, that you know that shining city on a hill. It's not a dirt. It's not a, a dirt hole. A dirt shithole. A backwards-ass, demon-haunted shithole, like Republicans want. But yeah, you know, in other countries, if you you get you get a floor. There's a benefit. Like in England, you get 30 days vacation. That's a law. There's nothing wrong with that. Not it, not here though. But we get, we have a very meager social safety net. Why? Why? Because conservatives on both sides of the aisle, they Funnel money, they, they change the tax laws, the tax code. Rich get, they get run away with their record profits. And what do they do with it? You see, every dollar in public assistance returns a dollar sixty in economic stimulus into the economy. So it's an investment. And yeah, because you spend it, you give somebody a dollar who is struggling, they spend it, they go, they, they keep their local coffee shop going, they go to the diner, they get their morning, whatever. They, they keep the economy going. It happened. It's, uh, it's not, it's not rocket science, but that's why we have, we, we help each other because we're in this together. But according to Republicans, Americans suck. They don't want to work. But the irony, this is so true. This is the Republican Party in a nutshell. And that's why they call them the Republicans. Do they even hear themselves? 
I'm s- I came up from welfare, standing in line, waiting for government cheese, to now running for Congress. What a, what a stirring story, right? That I remember watching the Republican convention back when, I think it was even pre oh, every convention is the same. They get up there, they have, Chris Christie spoke. I remember him talking about, oh, my father, uh, he, he worked his whatever, you know, everybody was, everybody had a story about working, uh, pulling themselves up by their bootstraps, thanks to what? Thanks to the liberal policies, thanks to unions, Thanks to, you know, they, they neglect, uh, especially, you know, somebody like Christie, his father, that he w- was so, such a hardworking man, pulled, uh, pulled, helped their family pull themselves up by their bootstraps and all in a, in a country with a 90% top marginal tax rate that had a 35% unionized workforce th- that set the ground where the gap between rich and poor was only 50 to one, not 425 or more as it is now to one, which is disgusting. That's the, you know, you say the, we say these numbers, the gap between rich and poor, it shouldn't be that wide. You can't have this income disparity and upward immobility. He he and democracy at the same time. He his father went to work in a country that was the most upwardly mobile. That had the slightest income gap between rich and poor where you could go to college without becoming an indentured servant to a bank. You could go you could be educated for free. It was called investing in the future. So she continues, let's keep the radical socialists out of government so people can be empowered to lift themselves up without the government cheese? Lauren, without the welfare? What what would you do? They could lift themselves up. I mean... How did you lift yourself up? No, honey, we lifted you up. We the people. We lifted your family up. And now you want to make other families struggle harder, worse, make it worse for people. So they can't have a similar story. Great. Paradu on the chat. Show some gratitude. That's what I always say. They don't even have the manners, the decency, the maturity to simply say thanks. Just say thanks. Thanks, America. You know, they call themselves patriots, but they hate everything about this country. They want to destroy everything that's good about this country. They're blind to the ways that the country is trying to invest in the future. But they and they're trying to cut that. They, they, this bitch literally goes out there and tries to cut people's benefits, calls them ta- takers, right? Takers and makers. She does all she can to denigrate those who are just like her. 
it's uh, it's on it's on oh it's just unreal i can't believe my goodness for now well that's the end of the show for real we'll stick around for a couple of minutes after but remember it's you know it's new year it's coming up next week well it'll be better i swear i swears we're on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy, humanity. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Devlin. I'm going to set up the membership on this channel. It's going to happen. You can become a member here. I hope you will, because we will win. My name is Tara Devlin. We stick together. We win. I'll see you soon. All right. I can't take it, right? Are you kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? It's just, I, I can't even, it's almost un, unreal. It is unreal. They, how she could tweet that without, I mean, with thinking that she's, it makes her look like a, she did it all herself. I do it myself. That's what she like. She's like a child. They all are. I do it myself. And Tara. That's what always reminds me of my little niece. But she grew up. My my little niece used to say. I used to, she would try to tie her shoes. I said, "You need help there." I do it myself. And then, like two minutes later. <laughs> And Tara, can, can you help me? I'll do it myself. She was so, such a cute kid. But, you know, she grew up. She's not a moron. She's not a hypocrite. She's not an idiot. Yeah. Not that kids are, or those things. It's just that... They, 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 re they get, they grow up. We're in this together. They, and these Republicans are living in a fucking fantasy land. They're living in an unreal fantasy land. What was the other thing I wanted to talk about tonight? But, <clears throat> oh yeah, Trader Trump was removed from another ballot. But I'm not going to get really into it. It's almost 11. I'll, and listen to my voice. We, you know, we will have... I feel like I have to do something next week, though. Let me see. Let me look at my calendar. Oh, what the hell? This is what I totally forgot to plug this. Next Wednesday, we will have a show on Wednesday. And there will be guests on the show. We're going to have some guests. These people who wrote this book, The Hate Next Door. Matson and Tawny Browning, a, a husband and wife couple who went undercover in the white supremacist community. That's going to be interesting conversation. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm reading their book, and it's pretty pretty great. 
And somebody should option it for a movie if it hasn't been already. Incredible. Um, so, yeah, that'll be Wednesday. On Terra Buster. Let me see. Promo. Why you see, I should have said this during the show, but I'll I'll have to. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Well, I'll post about it. Do -do 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 -do. Here they are. Oh wait, did I spell his name wrong? Matt, I have to uh, fix that. Matzo. No, is see good thing. This is like the this is like the review copy. Matt's son and Tawny. Look at that. I almost I almost uh well I would have caught it, hopefully. Matt's son. There's an N there. And Tawny Browning, the hate next door, undercover within the new face of white supremacy. It's gonna be good. I hope uh Everything's working. They're going to call in on Skype. We're going to Skype it, babies. We're going to Skype it. All right, my Skypey Skypes. And then, you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to ask. I'll I'll get Mike Malloy on the show. And I'll get Robin. Robin, is, Robin Kincaid is supposed to, we're supposed to do a show. I don't know if you know this. We keep threatening it. I and the problem is that Robin, it's she is the problem really. She is um. She's supposed to I don't know clean out some section of her, her house, to make a nice little studio space, and she's not doing it. Quick enough. I got to get on her case really. Do, 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 so we can have a show. So I figured that will, I don't know, that might help. Help grow the community. What do you think? All right, listen, listen, listen. Somebody listen to me. Where's my cats? Booty, booty. She's out like a lamp. All my cats are sleeping. Look at Tara, Junior, Junior. Oh, Francis, come here, boo-boo. Here, come. Come on up. Francis, see? He's a good boy. I forgived him. Remember when he when he attacked me? <laughs> he was just saving. He thought I was killing Boudica. Right, Francis? We're, we're, uh, we've patched it up. Right, Franny, Fran? He's a good boy. All right. Listen, listen, listen. Twisted Nerves Painting says, I can relate. I have been setting up a studio that MacGyver would be proud of. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. Yes, we will. Robin, I always miss on Wednesdays. We'll definitely remind myself. Right. Okay. Don't miss. Don't miss. Miss, miss, miss. All right, listen, guys, thank you for your birthday wishes. My birthday was the 27th. You can become a patron for my birthday. That would be nice. Or I'll, I'll get the YouTube um, 
membership's going and I'll, I need some emojis. I got to make some emojis. Look, I need a haircut. I, my hair is a, the worst. Thank you, Robin. Some merry magic in high five dollars. Pretty moo moo moo. Pretty moo moo. Thank you for your super chat. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Thank you, Mark C, for your super chat. Thank you, Robin, for your super chat. Uh oh. The producer is awake. Let me see if I can tip this. <gasps> He's looking very suspicious. You see this camera? You see where the TV is? I bought a pet camera. See that? Right there. I got that for myself. A present for myself. So I set up some cat cams so I can look at them at all times. And then... I've been uh, spying on them, and I'll, I'll speak into it. And they, they get very confused. They're like, where the hell is she? They're very cute. Oops. All right, listen, thank you so much for hanging out. Remember, we will win. Have a happy New Year, please. New Year celebration. Be safe. I don't. I hate New Year. Or whatever. I don't hate it. I actually, I don't go out drinking or anything. It's amateur night, as we call it in the rooms. Uh-oh. Era, YouTube is not receiving enough video to maintain smooth streaming. Uh-oh. All right. Well, well, that's our cue to wrap it up. Remember, um... So, okay, yeah, so I go to my little, uh, not little, I go to, I uh, practice Buddhism with the SGI. So I go to my SGI meeting on, on, uh, on New Year's Day. I can't think of the word. I hope I'm not getting Alzheimer's. Every time I can't think of a word, I think I'm getting Alzheimer's. My father had it, but I've, I took that 23andMe test and I didn't have the gene for it, which relieved me. All right. I'm just rambling now. And 2024 is going to be good. It's going to be better. We will beat Trump. We will send him into history's dustbin. Or we're, we're in big ass trouble. Actually, you know what? The last thing I want to play, I'll probably get demonetized for it. Let me put this like that. I, and if you, I've talked about this before, this um, documentary called The Abyss. If you, if you want a crash course on the rise and fall of the Third Reich, this is the documentary. It's on YouTube, but they censor it somewhat on YouTube. They censor the more horrific images because we're so delicate as humans, you know. We cause the horrors, but we, we can't witness them. Um, I guess, may, I don't know why. They should just age restrict it. And it takes the, the rise of the Nazis. You know, it took them 10 years to, to overthrow and destroy German, 
the German Republic, where in all that time, Hitler was derided as a clown, and people were like, oh, he'll never win. And of course, they tried the the violent coup way, trying to follow in Mussolini's footsteps. And when that didn't work, they oh, they actively try they made the decision to destroy democracy from the inside. They even called themselves the the wolves. The uh, wolves uh, destroying the sheep from the... Uh, I don't remember the exact quote. It might be in this clip. I'm gonna... I'm going to... Let me see. I will, I'm gonna play this clip. Here it is. It's, it's two minutes long. And it reminded me... Oh, it's it's chilling. This is the abyss. On January the 30th, 1933, Hindenburg appoints Adolf Hitler Reich Chancellor. Much of Germany is taken by surprise, as are most foreign diplomats. Like Kamil Hoffmann, press attaché of the Czechoslovak embassy, who writes, They have rushed to form a cabinet. Hitler's there with Dr. Frick and Goering, but Hugenberg, Papen, and Army Minister Blomberg are also there as gendarmes. So it's not a national socialist or a revolutionary government, even though it comes with Hitler's name attached. This is no Third Reich. It's barely a Second Reich in a bit. The new Vice-Chancellor Franz von Papen believes he has outmaneuvered Hitler and his uncouth brown shirts. Papen famously said, we have hired him within six weeks. We'll have pushed him so far into the corner he will squeak. These, of course, are famous last words because Hitler was not, as it turned out, trapped at all. What these aristocratic gentlemen had done was they had failed to grasp how cunning and how ruthless Hitler was and how willing Hitler was to exploit every possible tool to really turn the tables on these elite actors and move himself into a position of absolute power. Von Papen's historic like misjudgment and the Republican will cost Party. the lives of millions. Hitler drops all pretense, and just six months later, he cynically declares... On January 30th, the die was cast in Germany. For the, I'm just reading it for those who are listening audio-only. And I don't think our opponents, who were laughing then, are still laughing now. And what this clip is about is Hitler destroying democracy from the inside and the Republican Party, I mean, uh, the conservatives of his day, letting him in, letting him in the, into their, their, uh, you know, their, I guess, circle. And then thinking it's like this, it's just like the, what happened to the Republican Party. And it started, it will be the Republicans. And now the Republicans are let it trying to bring this wolf into our democracy again. They, he's already destroyed the Republican Party, and like in every every democracy that falls to authoritarianism, does so with the 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 collusion of the conservative elite. They are still 
I doubt they're still laughing now. Hitler turns Germany into a dictatorship. There is barely any resistance. Czech diplomat Kamil Hoffmann, who joked about the seizure of power, dies in Auschwitz in 1944. Isn't that chilling? He's already said. He has said it. I'll be a dictator, but only for a day. Bullshit. I, who will vote for somebody like that? They, they're still going to make him their standard bearer. He is their standard bearer. Somebody who said we need to cancel the Constitution, that he's going to be a dictator who praises the world's most disgusting dictators. All of them are disgusting. But who pals around with dictators, who is compromised, who is a national security threat. I, whenever they say, I want to see the server, what happened to the server? Where's the server? I, I don't know why the Democrats aren't saying, I want to see the transcript. Where's the transcript? What happened to the transcript of Trump's secret meeting with Putin, which no, no uh, American interpreters were there. It was just the Russian interpreter and the Russian secretary who took the transcript, which Trump confiscated. What's in that transcript? Let's see the transcript. What did they talk about? Mom and apple pie? Making the world safe for democracy? I don't think so. Trump is a traitor. He's being thrown off ballots. Oh, let the people vote. You don't get to vote for a traitor, as what happened in Germany. The founders, I mean, well, not the founders, but the, the, uh, the, it's in the Constitution because of our bloody civil war that they put this this uh, protection into the Constitution that, no, the mob doesn't get to, even if they want to, they don't get to destroy this government that that we fought a revolution to create. This is a democracy. This is a, well, a republic, a, dem a, a democratic republic, if we can keep it. It's not going to fall to authoritarianism. We won't, we're going to put this stopgap in there that even if the mob wants to vote away their, their freedoms, their democracy that so many fought, bled, and died for, but they're not going to be able to because traitors aren't allowed to hold office. If you're not, if you're a, if you're a, if you took an oath of office and you, you violated that oath to protect and preserve the constitution, you don't get to hold office. You get to slink away in ignominity. But the Republicans want him as a, their standard bearer. The Constitution says otherwise. 
But, oh, well, it's up to the judge. No judge, no bureaucrat. This is what they keep saying. Bureaucrats shouldn't tell the people what they should. Yes, it's called the constitutionally limited democratic republic. We're a nation of laws. The laws, the constitution uh, has the framework of the government and the people have to abide by that constitution or there are consequences. And a traitor, somebody who engaged in an insurrection, isn't eligible, just like somebody below the age of 35 isn't eligible. But let the, uh, it'll go to the, the, the filthy Supreme Court. Now, I, I, this is why I think that the Democrats, you know, like I say, they drive me crazy because... They should be hanging the albatross of th- this traitor, the the traitor that it, the the entire Republican Party. They th- should be marred and scarred with the the stain of Trump, the the stain of the coup. They're all in on the coup. All of them are traitors. If you're not speaking up against that that goddamn insurrectionist, you're a traitor. You're as bad as he is. Because they know better, too. That's the other thing. Some of these morons, these Trumpanzies, they've been, they, you know, they're dumb. They're easily led. They're easily played. But you don't think Kevin McCarthy knows? Of course they know. Lindsey Graham knows. They all know that he's a traitor. But the only thing that gets them in trouble with their own party is having integrity, is being a uh, standing up and abiding by your oath to the Constitution. That's what gets you in trouble with them. And they had every opportunity to, to cut that, that that tumor off of them that out of their body politic they had every opportunity all they had to do was stick together but they couldn't because that's how low they are that's how much they never they never abided by their oath it was always the constitution is always just a goddamn piece of paper to them Oh, they certainly love to cry and sing teary-eyed renditions of America the Beautiful, though, and cry and tell us how they love America and Trump is up there jerking off into a flag. Oh, they certainly love the symbols of America. I mean, Trump is literally humping a flag. That's what it's come to. They love the symbols of patriotism because the substance is beyond their reach. By choice. By choice. They don't like this thing, this grand experiment. They don't care. I mean, they should all be repulsed by Trump, like every normal person on earth is. Repulsed by his 
praising dictators. In fact, Nikki Haley, to kind of wrap it up, she gave an interview to CNN. It was a long interview. And she was saying that, oh, someone who praises dictators. I don't want somebody who praises dictators, who says Kim Jong-un is smart, who says Hamas are a bunch of smart cookies and all that. I don't think that they should uh, be the president and the moderator, the I can't remember who it was, said, oh, so you're saying he's unfit for office. Well, I didn't say that. I'm just saying I think it's time to move on. I think we need some new blood. Because she can't, she can't offend her Fuhrer. She can only take it so far. They're spineless. Well, what do you, what do you want me to say about the coup? What she should have said. What do you want me to say about a man who's called to suspend the Constitution? Imagine. Imagine if Barack Obama called to suspend the Constitution. Like when Moscow Mitch McConnell, who World War II historian Christopher Browning calls the gravedigger of American democracy, when Moscow Mitch prevented Obama's from Obama from the president that the United, that the people elected in two landslide elections from uh when he preve- when Moscow Mitch presented uh prevented Obama from fulfilling his constitutionally prescribed role to nominate a Supreme Court justice um and what if Obama had turned around and said, well, this is, this is a, 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 if this isn't working, then this means we, this is a, we should try everything, including suspending the constitution. Clearly something is amiss here and it's, we got to take radical action up to and including suspending the constitution. Now, what if Obama has said that? Of course, you know what would happen? The Republicans would be outraged. They would flip out. They would go on their propaganda outlets. But so would the Democrats. That's the difference. The Democrats would, they wouldn't fall in line behind him. They'd be like, uh, this is, no, no. But, of course, Democrats don't behave like that. They wouldn't say that. Obama would never say that. Because we are the patriots. We're the patriots. We are carrying the mantle of the founders, the charge that they entrusted to us. We're expanding the franchise of democracy to everyone. We're the ones who are preserving and protecting the Constitution and expanding freedom. We're the ones capable of functioning in a free democratic society, a diverse, multiracial, liberal, democratic republic. We, we are the ones who understand this, the, the substance of patriotism. We don't leave anyone behind. We don't uh, step in in front of somebody and say they can't live their authentic lives. 
They can't be their authentic selves. We keep our 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 big government noses out of a woman's medical, private medical decisions. And we also promote life by encouraging a, 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 a society, a safety net, that if somebody finds themselves uh, in, a, in a pregnancy, an unplanned pregnancy, that there are economic resources that they don't have, they don't struggle. They, they, could, they, have, a, they have the choice that, oh, well, we didn't plan for this, but um, uh, thank goodness we live in a, in a free, upwardly mobile society where we have health care, living wages, education, retirement security, that Democrats lay the groundwork for, li- for life and the infrastructure of democracy. So, with that in mind, let us call it a night here at Tara Buster Central in the Tara Buster Studios, the high-tech Tara Buster Studios. And remember, we're on the right side of history and that we will win. This is the year. It's less than a year till we legally and peacefully send that fascist into history's trash bin with the rest of the fascists. Thank you, guys. You're you're great Americans. You are, Paradou. I can't do it alone. We're in this together. Thank you, guys, for hanging out. Remember, we're on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy, humanity. We stick together. We win. Happy New Year. It's going to be an interesting 2024. We have a lot of work to do, but we're up to it. We're up to the task. Have a great New Year. Relax. Rest on New Year's. Binge watch something good. (laughs) Chill out. Eat some Chinese food or something. And I will see you with our guests on our guests the the brownings authors of the hate next door undercover within the new face of the of white supremacy i will see you on wednesday night <laughs>